0: Hello and welcome to Landscape Photography World. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show discussing the world of landscape photography. This time I'll be talking to Gary Graham of GSG Images about his landscape photography journey. Gary's a professional photographer with a long history of wedding and motor racing photography behind him. He's recently been working with Audi Motor Racing as a photographer and has an amazing portfolio of images in that genre. He started to get into landscape photography in the last few years and is putting his many years experience to work in that direction. You'll be getting to know Gary a little better and we'll talk about his inspirations and motivations, how he's developed his style and what he does not doesn't like about being a photographer. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi Gary, welcome to the podcast. Uh, how are you doing? Good mate, yourself? Yeah, yeah, getting there, getting there. Great. Right. Yeah. Been a while since we've been able to get together and shoot, so uh, yeah, I know. Ho- hopefully, and well, won't last too long, and we can get uh, get back into it.
1: Well, fingers crossed, and we can get back down to the beach.
0: Get out. When, of those... when was the last time you actually got out to shoot, and where did you go? Well, for me, it was with you,
1: and I'm pretty sure. Oh no, it was in the in an evening where we went into Darling Harbour, um, down at Barangaroo. Oh yeah, and no, I'm wrong, Grant. It was early one morning. We got up at stupid o'clock, and we went back into Darling Harbour, and we did those
0: shots yeah. again. Of, yeah,
1: yeah. And we got oh, some magic really stuff. Well.
0: Had that yeah. beautiful fog come across in front of the uh, Crown Tower and everything, and, uh, yep. the, the, and the ferries on the wharf and everything. It was it was a, a
1: good good morning. You snagged some good stuff in there because I remember trying to keep up with you where you were going, and I just didn't didn't. <laughs> Didn't grab it at all, but you got some rippers out of that, which is an yeah, awesome wine. No, a-
0: love that pink colour that came through as well, which was... Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, and breakfast wasn't bad after, afterwards either. No.
1: I haven't had a bacon and egg sandwich quite like what we did there where it had scrambled eggs on it, so oh, yeah. it was good. And no. it wasn't expensive, so it was enjoyable.
0: <laughs> so I can't
1: wait to get back out.
0: Definitely. All right, oh, I'm, I'm going to start asking a couple of questions. So how did, how did you get into, you know, photography? What, um, what, what started you off?
1: Well, look, since we've been chatting about this, I delved back into the old memory banks and realised it was my father that guided me down the path. And he used to have this old Voigtlander camera, which oh, wow. was made in Austria. It was a 35mm camera and it had only come out on special occasions. And he loved to take it with um, Kodachrome 25. Wow. And every year, or maybe more than every year, we'd get out the old slide projector. And he'd bore us to death with all these photos yeah, that I came mean, out remember of the slide.
0: Nights. I, I used to quite <laughs> like them, but it de- depended on which slide set he was showing. The, the fan True. The fan- True. <laughs> The ones of him, you know, <laughs> out playing boats on the in, in the navy—that that, that was more exciting. Look, Dad, Dad was good in that space, but that camera was
1: protected and treated as if it was like gold. Yeah. So for me, it was always a fascination of why was this so special. yeah And as we moved through, when I was about twelve, I think they purchased my or gave me my first camera, which was a little one ten. Um. What did they used to call them um, not a pocket camera, but um, yeah.
0: I, 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 well, mine, mine was a Agfa 110 uh, Auto Star Pocket, I think it was. Well,
1: <laughs> and you used to get those flashes that were a little yeah, cube. the little
0: cube, yeah, that used
1: to spin around
0: was, once. Yeah,
1: yeah. you get four four shots and yeah. you'd hopefully snag something out of that. But yeah. that was really the start of my journey because. It just showed me what you could start capturing. And that's pretty much what you it lasted. You I think I was about 12. Yeah. So that was, um, given I'm heading north in age these days, um, that was probably about 50 odd years ago. So, but it was great to remember those times with mum and dad that helped me sort of progress. And then, then it kind of went quiet because at that age, you started thinking more about, um, things with two legs and arms rather than taking photos. And yeah. as I got to 18, I decided to pick it up again and grabbed a um, Fuji, I think it's a Fujika STX-1, cool. which is the first camera I really owned, which is a 35mm. And it was absolutely manual. It did have a light meter in it that helped you. Um, yep. but everything in there and um, yeah, I did do a focus, bit of checking. Manual... Yep.
0: Did you everything. have a zoom lens or? No, 50 mils.
1: <laughs> I don't think I could afford one of that back in those yeah. days either, but it, look, it had, um, what was it? It had a half a second was its lowest shutter speed. Wow. And it had a shutter sync of the 60th. And that was something that's just not heard of these days, yeah. um, but it, It helped me to take stacks of photos, and I used it on a trip. Um, I wanted desperately to see how to use these things, and I did a quick trip from Sydney to Auckland and back in a day just to try out my new camera, and I bought it duty-free, so that was why I did that. But you also (laughs) need to know I, I did work for Qantas at that time, so it was quite easy to jump on a plane and go back and forward, and that was my first roll of film that went through it and had a ball.
0: I, I, I should um, add for the listeners, that was where you and I met, wasn't it, at Qantas? Um, correct. Yeah, Gary had been there some years before I, I got there. I, I spent about 18 years working for Qantas, which was one of the reasons why why I've been able to travel so much, and uh, I think Gar- Gary Gary beats my uh, 100,000 Ks or so by by a, a, a few a few hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah you know
1: it's it was a lot of fun and then i mean if truth be known you and i met in the year 2000 and the it dilemmas that were posed by
0: it lead up to year 2000 making sure that the y2k bugs were all squashed yeah
1: yeah so that was a lot of fun but at that stage we would always talk about digital photography or maybe that was later down the track but um look Really, for me, I stuck it out with film for a long time. And I did run a business for many, many years doing wedding photography. Yep. And um, that was all with film. And I actually did have one of the first Canon digitals that were released as a 35 mil sort of choice, which was something called a D30. And it was the first Canon. Uh, SLR with a cropped sensor, yep. but as much as the camera was good, nothing was available that was good enough to print with it. So you'd have these leaps and bounds going forward with all your camera gear. So your cameras would go there, then the printers would come up, then your cameras would go again, and then your printing would come up. Yep. And the initial ones with your printing in those, everyone looked like they were plastic models. Yeah. And they just couldn't get the contrast right, and it was pretty pretty ordinary stuff. But um, I worked quite closely with Canon to develop Sydney's operation of the Canon um, cameras up to a D60, and I was using my experience with working with this work with Canon to try and get ourselves to a position where the skin tones were actually acceptable. So the D60 came along. Yeah, they
0: looked like people, not creeple.
1: Yeah, oh, that's it. So, my transition from film to digital was quite an interesting and long fought um, challenge, I guess, is the way it went. We, I was a believer in digital. We got there eventually, and obviously, we'll go through that later on. But so, my life took a little while
0: to to get the tech right. The the early days were a bit rough, but
1: it's took heaps to do that stuff, and even now when I look back on it, you think, oh, how how could they do it? And you had know, the little screen on the back that you could look to see what the image was supposed to look like. Yeah, wow. Gave you an idea.
0: So <laughs> oh, boy. That was
1: That was terrible. But we had a crack at it, which is good. And the other part of that was my wife actually worked for Canon,
0: okay.
1: and she was in a company called Cisra, which was their um, – I guess their development arm of their um, all their all their um, ideas that came forward from printers, medical equipment, um, faxes, all sorts of things, and cameras as well. All, a lot of it was initiated out of Australia, so I did have a bit of a hand in getting some. Uh, early input into what was going on which was great
0: you've been a canon professional for how long Uh, ages a lot longer than you care to remember probably
1: yeah look back then probably um i'd say 20 years now yeah okay which would be it's very much worthwhile for me um with moving away from wedding photography which was I loved doing it, but you certainly had your, I guess you had a very um, cross-matched group of people where you have a bride who was super stressed out on the day, some of the grooms that didn't care less, some of the brides that were just bridezillas. Yep. And you sort of worked your way through it. But at the end of it, you ended up... That's the reason why I've never got into
0: portraits and wedding photography. (laughs) I don't like people.
1: (laughs) Well, look today I still love doing the photography, and and as you know, it, despite I know we're talking about landscapes here, but um, I'm still very much um, into people and photographing them to the point where for the last eight years I've been um, Audi Australia's um, race photographer, and yep. I do all their their work all over Australia into New Zealand and some of the keys is a car is always a car going around a track and you can make it look fast or whatever, but the expressions on the crew and the drivers and gaining their confidence is something that I'm thoroughly enjoying and continue to enjoying. And hopefully once COVID gets out of our little environment, we'll get back into it, but yeah. that's the sort of stuff it is that, uh, Look, it's photography is just a good thing. It's it's great okay. to create, and it's great to see the look on people's faces.
0: So, how about landscapes? When when did you sort of start venturing right. into that?
1: So, landscapes, I can blame you um, <laughs> more than more than anything. I probably did some landscapes very early on in my life of photography over in the UK because the the opportunities are vast over there. But um, probably. Was it about a year and a half or a year or so ago? You and I got got back together, and um, you dragged me down to La Perouse in the middle of the night. One of these stupid o'clock times, we got up. You brought along down down to um, Cape
0: Banks, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that's
1: it. And you brought along some miners' lights. Yep. And off we went into the bushes, and I just thought, "Oh, you've got to be kidding! What are we doing?" (laughs) And I went off with a tripod. And my camera and the very first point we got to was just after the um there was a helicopter pad that's yep. down there the emergency helicopters and we walked yeah. through and there's oh. this sign and the sign says be careful six people have died
0: here recently yeah they fall off the cliffs occasionally yeah <laughs> yeah so i'll, I'll, I'll get bitten by the red-bellied black snakes you know.
1: <laughs> yeah well you, you didn't mention that to me
0: but no i didn't we carried on <laughs>
1: <laughs> we Carried on, and we walked around this cliff face, and you'd found some um, caves that we ended up sitting in, and the photos that we got out of
0: there were
1: just yeah. brilliant. There was nice night sky, than just
0: sitting somewhere quietly watching ah. the sun coming up, taking snaps of it. It, you
1: know? it was awesome. Whereas the stuff that I'm used to taking is rather high speed, yeah. um, wide apertures, um, and this was tripod. Slow speed, um, still wide apertures, but it was just brilliant. And it's some of the things that I, I remember so vividly and value so much was that opportunity to go down there with you. Yeah, and thanks, man. We, we crawled out of there, <laughs> we crawled out in the pitch black, but we did it. And if you go back there now and you'd look, you my God, what were we doing? But <laughs> the photos were just brilliant that you got yeah. out of there. Yeah. so that that was my first I guess foray into um, into our efforts with landscape now landscaping for me I've loved the the early morning type of work and I love the colors that you get across there yeah. now sometimes it works um, you, it's a bit of a lottery with the weather but I know that the you should really consult the grant Swinbourne um weather (laughs) weather man's app before you do anything because he seems i wish it was
0: mine i'd be making more money than i am now but uh yeah I, i i use um uh what's it called clear skies and windy they're the they're the two that i look at for the weather but i also use photo pills and uh the photographer's ephemeris that's more about that's more for things like astro and, uh, yeah. you know, working out where the moon or the sun or whatever is going to rise or set, so you can work mm-hmm. out if I stand here, I'll be able to line it up with that building or that, you know, yeah, face or whatever. You know,
1: yeah. Look, photo pills is one of my favorites as well, but it's yeah. I still haven't got the hang of the weather and what the clouds are like with it. Now we, we've had a lot of success. We might have had one or two duds, but out of all the times we've done, and the other thing that I love about the landscape work is that i've been able to go to places that despite me living in sydney for 60 years i've never been to yeah. and it's just brilliant to explore your I'm, own I'm, backyard. Still, I'm
0: still finding places as well you oh, know. it it is awesome and google maps is great for that though because you can just sort of look look, look at something and say oh that that looks like an interesting structure there or you know, yeah I reckon there there could be some you know something that you can line up there that uh, you know and then <laughs> then you get into the other apps and you can start playing around and work out yeah well if I if I'm there on that date you know yep at, at that time I can see the sunrise between those you know two two pieces of rock or whatever you know uh, look at it it's just awesome some of the stuff that
1: you've created down south which is the the ones you've posted in recent times, but I know you haven't been down there. Um,
0: down uh, uh, Sapphire Coast and Naruma. yeah, and that, yeah, that year of Adelaide, yeah, absolutely oh, there's, there's awesome, stuff stunning now. down there. I, 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 I'd go and live down there in a heartbeat if I could. Oh,
1: it's beautiful. But for those of you who are listening to us, I do want you to know that Grant doesn't roll his trousers up, and he quite regularly gets caught in a wave, <laughs> and his equipment. Well, he looks after
0: it pretty well, and it's still going. So, yeah, whereas I stand I, back a bit, I did kill. I did, did kill the 16 ones. Well, while we're talking about gear, what are, I mean, obviously you're using Canon gear. What, the, what What are you? What are you got? What do you shoot with? And what? What do you like? Um, with? What do you like about it? What don't you like
1: about it? Okay. Well, right at this point in time, I've got a one DX Mark
0: II.
1: Yep. Um, also have a one D Mark Three. Um, I have a 7D Mark II, a 5D Mark IV, Mark III, and original 5D. Yep. Um, but to, what I like shooting with for the most is the 1DX Mark II. And that's really because it's quick, unbelievably fast focusing. And you do have to add your lenses into all this sort of stuff as well. So I've got yeah, a yeah. 400 um, 2.8 Mark III. And that I'm looking at to see whether that'll transfer over into the the, um, mirrorless cameras coming up. So you're going to go mirrorless? I'd say there's a fair chance. um, As long as the financial um, manager approves it, we'll see how we go. That's my wife. I understand that. (laughs) (laughs) It's more, I like the fact that the biggest thing that I've found in the last say six to seven years in the newest cameras is the auto ISO. Yep. And whilst when you're using in your landscape photography, you drop that down to a manual ISO for me out on the track or anywhere else having an auto ISO stops you having to worry about, Oh, I've got the right shutter speed. Am I going to get yeah. a blurry image? Yes. Am I going to go through that? Whereas leading up to that, the one the D Mark three that I've got doesn't have that in it. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. always you just catch you out, it catches you out, whereas with the auto ISO it doesn't. So the newer ones coming through are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So which is all that. Um the before the 1DX Mark II, it was um, it was more a, a bit of a hit and miss. I'd probably in the car side of things, I would get maybe a 60 to 70 percent success rate, whereas now I'm more up around the 90, 95 percent success rate on an image but transfer that to your landscaping well you don't have a problem because you're on a tripod you're slowing everything down to try and capture some movement on the the image that you're taking so that's still got a bit of interest and you're only going to look at what grant does and you'll find how good he is at taking all these um, fantastic flow shots and finding all the right locations, which is something I'm more of a follower on that with Grant because he's been a fantastic coach at this. And uh, some of the stuff we've been able to create together is just brilliant.
0: Yeah, Plus, don't man.
1: forget, we get up at stupid o'clock in the morning and we go and take photos and then we have a great breakfast after yeah, that, so that, that's, that's, pretty is, cool. that's
0: That's the standard plan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome. What,
0: what, what about lenses? You've got a favourite bit of glass? or?
1: Yeah, I think my most um used it, it lens. depends a lot on what you're shooting too it's the location yeah. yeah but even at the track i've got a 70 to 200 2.8 um series two and the quality that you get out of those is just brilliant i yeah, think it's got to be one of my favorite. picked
0: one of those up secondhand myself recently and uh yeah over the moon with it it's uh it's a that. good i i, I didn't then, go with the three the the Mark III because apparently um, from all the research I did the only difference is the lens coating yeah. and, and the hit, hit to your back pocket yeah well aside from yeah I didn't see the point in spending another grand and a half or whatever it is for <laughs> for no. a lens coating
1: <laughs> the the ones that we've got now they've got that fluoride coating on it so I think that's I can't see how they get much better than that but yeah. um, the seventy two hundred is an awesome lens, and the other one that I enjoy using is I've got a um a sixteen to thirty five f four, yep. um which is working well. I know you've got a one that's slightly faster than mine, but yeah, that I seems to F2. be two point eight. Yeah. Really good for the landscape. That's my go
0: to for the ultra wide, you know, standard yeah. landscape shot, but. Um, I've been uh, since, since I got the seventy to two hundred. I've re- really enjoyed using that for getting some of those close ups. You know things, yeah. uh, You know across the harbour or whatever. You know if you're over at Cremorne or Kirribilli and you can really zoom in and and, and get a, a very different shot. Um, particularly, I also picked up a. Um, I bought that new though the uh, two, two times extender. So, you know bumps it up to that four hundred mil. The thing that I didn't realise that that did though was it also uh, expands your um, your uh, aperture. So you can get yes. you, you can get as uh, small as f sixty four. But
1: it comes with a it comes with a yeah. price though because it goes the other way as well. So instead of That's having right, like yeah, you lose you wire. lose a bit at the yeah
0: at the yeah. at the faster end yeah, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting playing around with that and seeing it. Oh, I can go to F sixty four. What does that look like? Yeah, <laughs> I mean be... it, it, it was okay. It, it just depends on what you're doing and you know how, how you're using it. But uh,
1: yeah, you know what? I'd... That sounds like the old pinhole camera that she used to yeah. do at school. Yeah. And that's what an S sixty four would be looking like. I think a pinhole camera.
0: <laughs> so what, what about what about things like filters and whatever you uh, you, you got a few of them or you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I've, I've got an N that the only thing that I really use in the way of filters is I've got i um, I've got a polarizer that yes. um, fits in the 400 as well as a screw on at the front that you can have for your, um, I've got a 100 to 400 lens as well. Yeah. Um, I also have an ND8, which is quite handy if you want to slow your camera down, yeah. especially for your landscape work. But for me with the, the sports racing, if I want to get the blurry actions and it's a really hot, bright day, then an ND8 on the front will help me get it down to a sixtieth or maybe a yeah, right, yeah, you know, enough to get some motion in the background, but not too much because yeah. it's pretty hard to shoot at a hundred or fifty and get that down. But when you're doing your landscaping, that seems to be. Um, I think that's a prerequisite to have some filters to be able to drop the amount of light down that you're pulling into your camera and let you get that movement of the water and um, anything else that you want to try to pull in.
0: Okay. But so no, you, that's all I have. Okay. Do, would you have, would, do you think you have a particular style that you're going for or are you just sort of searching for that still? I think in landscaping, my
1: style is... Um, I'm copycat at the moment off Grant Swinburne, to be honest. <laughs> um, whereas when I go out and do the car work, well, that's my own style and it's quite easy yeah. to pick myself. And given that I've done it for so many years and all the guys that I've met through there, it's um, it's pretty cool. But whilst I'm on a bit of a holiday from the cars, it's absolutely awesome to go out and do the landscaping work because I, yeah. I think... What I'm getting out of that is just an ability to learn more and to understand how you can utilize your camera and not just pick it up and shoot it, pick it up and understand what it's doing and how you're capturing those images. And then you've also got, well, you've got our photography as one side of things, but I'm sure you're going to ask me, well, what about the other side? Because it's once you get it home, it's different again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So but really, yeah, no,
1: I'm copy, copycat Grant Swinburne at the moment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're too kind, man. Um, so, do, do do you take in a, a particular? I, I guess just trying to frame this question in 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 the right way. Does the processing workflow dictate the way you shoot, or does the no. way you shoot dictate how you how you process? Or the as way a, I shoot as a mix.
1: I, I actually think it's. It's a mix. And the reason why it's a mix is I don't get enough time on the circuit to change things too quickly because the cars are coming past at a huge rate of knots. Yep. And if I wanted to change something there, then I would bugger it up for the next one. Yeah, right. So I just shoot away what I know is going to deliver for me. And then if I want to adjust it or do anything more, I'll do it at home. Now I'm an Apple person yep, and I'm a Lightroom person. And that's what I'm learning every time I use it. I learn more features about the tools. They change all the time. Yeah, But um, for me, it's a mix. It's not just, I don't set it up because I know it's just going to come out of my computer correctly. It'd be more like, I know I've got an image there. It's the style of the image that I want, which is either blurry or it's, Makes the image jump out at you. So I like things that are, if you're doing a person, I want the background to be blurred out. I don't want. Yeah, you want that nice creamy
0: bokeh that you can get. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's it. And if I can do that, that's what I deliver. Because when I'm shooting out there, I don't take um, just one camera, I take quite a few with many lenses, and each one has its opportunities. Whereas if I come out with you to do landscaping, I'd probably take one camera, a um, couple of lenses, um, yep. a tripod, and that's that's pretty much it. But when I'm doing landscaping with you, I definitely shoot differently because it's when I get home and put it into Lightroom that the magic happens for me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Not cool. necessarily when you're out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's... And th- I, I, I get what you mean.
1: Yeah, and I think too... You and I have much whilst I say I'm copycatting you, I to a point. Because the way I take, I take a single image and I'd shoot raw on everything I do. And I then look to manipulate that image when I'm at home doing landscape work. Whereas out at the beach with us, I I don't think I have the patience that I know you have <laughs> to. To create something that you've got so many years of experience doing, that I know we've spoken lately and I'm looking to head in that direction, but I haven't done it yet because I just quite often I'm in awe of what we see out there and what yeah, we're I, capturing. I, I, so. That's
0: why I love doing it. It's, it, it's what, what you see, you know, whether, whether or not you know, even if I wasn't capturing it in the camera, I, I'd still love being beautiful. out there, you know, just watching yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly, even you know, think- when, when you get a nice weather event, you know, you get some big waves or something,
1: you know, it's just awesome. Probably the next favourite I've got is when you and I went down to South Cronulla and we got there in the morning that everything was dead still in the rock pools. And we had this incredible orange glow that came across everything. Yeah, it and was, it was, it was just, a fairly clear uh, day,
0: but you had that beautiful orange, well, blue, yeah. blue to orange gradient in the sky, and that was reflected yeah. perfectly in the in, in the, uh, the the pool there. That rock pool was. Uh, I, I was just surprised nobody was swimming in it. You know, because every, every other time <laughs> I go so in life. there, there's half, half a dozen swimmers down there, you know, doing their their early morning dip, but. Uh,
1: or well, they hadn't gone home from the night before that's yeah, half yeah, the one problem. One of the two right. but you know one of the, the things that what i find doing those type of photos is that what i see through my eyes isn't always in the the result of the camera yeah and it's so much thinking that the camera the way it reacts to light, usually overexposes for what yep. i see and so you need to learn that You need to drop it down. You need to slow your exposure down. You need to um, really shut your lens down so that you have a longer um, exposure time. But even so then, it's quite interesting that it's so different when you get it home to what you see in the back of your camera. And I think that just comes with experience. And the more you do it, the more you learn that just don't take what your camera says for gospel. Um, now no, I know your camera. None of my cameras have the fold-out um, LCD panel at the back of them, yep. and that is a huge advantage to to setting up your camera and your exposure because you can see what's going on. And yeah, now I can, I, mine, I can
0: literally put the thing on the ground and still see what's going on. But yeah, like, yeah. Like I showed you though with the, uh, the the app, you can still do that on your phone if you if you true. Want to.
1: You know, the, I, both of us are in IT. Yours, <laughs> yours just connects straight up. Mine doesn't, and it's yeah, a pain in the backside. And <laughs> Mind you, without all the cameras that I mentioned, the only one that has the Wi-Fi capability is the 5D Mark IV, which is built yeah. in you, the um, 7D Mark II. So you can get a little These SD card models, and put yeah. into it. But truly, um, it just doesn't. As much as I love to say, oh, it's brilliant! I can't get damn thing to work every time.
0: <laughs> I left by no, the time you, you got you in. You, lessons,
1: man. <laughs> oh, I reckon by the time you got it in, you missed
0: your opportunity. So, yeah, no, I know. I know what you mean. it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, it's it's one of the reasons why why getting somewhere early is important because you know it's not just yeah you a you've got to find find your composition, but b yep. you've got to set your tripod up. You got make sure your camera's level, all that sort of thing. And then you got to, for me, i got to hook it up to the, to, to the Wi-Fi to make sure. So, you know, it's probably about a, a seven or eight-step process by the time I'm, I'm set ready for before I can take the first shot, you know, unless I'm, you know, doing something handheld, but, you know, can't do many of them yeah. in the morning no
1: and you need to make sure you haven't damaged your cameras when you slip on the rocks and fall on the backpack
0: yeah well that's okay that that doesn't help either does it gary doesn't help either
1: (laughs) Uh, you got to keep smiling well that's cool do you have have a favorite spot to, to to
0: shoot or you know
1: look for me i just i love the ocean so for me it's the waves breaking on the rocks um, the rock pools that we've been finding and sunrises seem to just put a smile on my face, and I just get a real buzz out of taking them. So, um, that's that for me is what I thoroughly enjoy at the moment. And yeah. sunsets, well, we haven't had too much success with sunsets. It was um, a nice
0: one tonight, it, really, uh, it really. Oh, was it? Enjoyed- yeah, it annoyed me oh. because lockdown, and I can't go out and shoot it. And I, there's some lovely pink and orange in the sky, and oh. grumble, grumble. Yeah. Anyway, can't, no, nothing can be done about it. So.
1: No, just have to get yeah. through this little stage, and hopefully, we come out the other side of it okay.
0: Yeah,
1: just good. So, yeah. what,
0: what what's the most important element to your photography, and and why why is it so important?
1: For for landscaping. I think it's the composition. And it especially when we go down to the beach, I'm looking for something that draws your eye around the photo. So instead of it just being one central point, I'm trying to find multiple areas in the image that just creates some some level of interest. So it's not just a no oh wow, it's just a bit of some waves and a sunrise. I'm trying to get your eye to sort of move around. the the printers as it comes out so if someone's got a print of ours and they want to display it that's fantastic but it's more again it's more having somebody see what you've done and provide some feedback that's positive or negative doesn't really matter but to go where they're really enjoying what you've created and that to me is a real buzz and that that's where the landscape is something that's really cool to have. And from my other stuff that I do, it's just the feedback that you get from the guys where they've got an expression on their face or yep. whatever it is, and they they appreciate the effort that goes into it because it's not something that anyone can just pick up and do. Yeah, you can yeah. have a real estate photographer. Yeah, that's cool. But can you go down to the beach and grab something like what you've been able to do? No. Yeah. Some, some can, and, some
0: can't. But it
1: depends yeah. on what they're into, yeah very much and it's different horses for different courses and I've certainly found my transition away from weddings into um, the mitre sports side of things as well as um, landscaping is much more uh, a much safer way to go forward where you're not dealing with people's uh, frustrations and copying it out there. um, Clients
0: are uh, a joy aren't they?
1: (laughs) Quite interesting. But, you know, the, the stuff that you get with landscapes, it's peaceful and you get something that you bring it home and you sort of, the family are just like, wow, how did you do that? Yeah. And that's a real buzz. That's really cool. Cool.
0: So what, what, what about uh, things like social media? Do, where, where do you stand on that? Is it a, is it, it been a, a, a good thing for photography, a bad thing for photography, indifferent photographies, dead photographies? You know, because yeah, of it. I,
1: I don't think photography is dead in any way, shape. Nor do I. But, <laughs>
0: um,
1: but I think it allows the photographer to get his passion out there and let people understand what you can create and how you can use our skills to benefit them. Yeah, it's whereas before without social media, it would be word of mouth. And for me, marketing does a lot harder.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: very much so. Like you've got stuff now that are so good that you can position your photos onto this person's, uh, this company's website. You basically don't have to do a thing. Yeah. And they'll manage it, frame it, print it, do whatever for you. And you've created the actual. Integral part, which is the image, yep. you, they don't touch that image, they just sell it from what's in there. And you yeah. couldn't do that before. Yeah. I used to have to work with a company in New Zealand to do the printing of our images and put our albums together. Oh, wow. And come across, and I mean, they did a brilliant job, but it was bloody expensive. Um, and
0: yeah, I can imagine.
1: Um, during this current. Cost um, lockdown, a a oh, yeah. <laughs> it was huge but you know I'm actually been going through to my father used to help me a lot with the books in our wedding business and I'm going through shredding everything at the moment and looking at what we used to pay for film um, for the development costs for everything we used to do 12 to 13 rolls of 35 mil at a wedding plus a few rolls of 120 film and also some black and white so you'd be up for three or four hundred dollars in film costs and developing costs uh, yeah. just to shoot a wedding, and you'd get 36 shots there. So, but again, that was going back, you'd have word of mouth, you didn't have the ability to market yourself in a way. So, from a marketing perspective, there's a lot of people out there,
0: yeah. And yeah, there the always market, has been the market's pretty saturated, even in landscapes and so forth. And, yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know if you, you, you've Delved into it yourself or not, but you know you've got the NFT space, which has started up and you know emerging as a new way of buying and selling and owning art uh, digitally. You know, which I think yeah. you know for for my kids and yours and maybe you know your grandkids and whatever they're they grown they've they've grown up with this. For us, you know, yeah, it it's might just be, normal. You know being be old dinosaurs like we are, but you know, <laughs> might might be a bit you know. This is, this is a bit weird why would you do that but um, I mean I, I've chucked a couple up there are, are you are you thinking about it are you are you looked at it or
1: I I think that's an opportunity for me to go forward a lot of the stuff that I do is owned by Audi yep so from the race perspective I would have to be very cautious of what I do in that area of course of copyright yeah, but um that that's what affords me the luxury of doing the stuff that I am. And I'm happy to do that. But for the landscape work that you and I are up and doing, I think it's a good opportunity. I think it's, it's um, a point in time now where we've got a little extra time up our sleeves, given we can't go anywhere. We should probably be um, exploring that a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm as I said, I've I've dropped a a, a couple of things uh, into in the NFT space, and I've had a bit of an explore around. I haven't had any success in getting any, anyone to, to bid or, or or buy anything. So any any collectors out there, go for it. You know, <laughs> come you'll, you'll, on down. Find my work <laughs> on grantswindbornphotography.com. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, more more seriously, I. I I, as I say, I think for, you know, our our kids and our, um, our our grandchildren, not that I've got any of those yet, but um, I I know you've got a a few. I've got a couple in there. Yeah. Um, You know, I I can certainly see them, you know, that that'll just be the way that art gets shared now, you know, and yeah, printing will, will still happen because people still like things on walls, but I've, I've seen some amazing stuff happening with interactive uh, wall spaces that aren't necessarily screens as well, you know, where oh, okay. you know, people are doing diff- different things with lighting effects and whatever, uh, you know, built, built into the into the picture, you know, so that it's, wow. it, it, it's interactive as opposed to just being a, a, a static image. So I, I think That's the, pretty the, cool. the sky's the limit on some of that stuff. It's, uh, it's fascinating yeah. to watch. Yeah. You know, coming coming as I say from the the dinosaur days of uh, having to wait a week for your, your film to come back from the chemist. You know?
1: <laughs> right, I remember that you'd put it in, then you'd come back and is it here yet? Is it here yet?
0: And that yeah. would be it'd be a week, wouldn't it, to come back? Yeah, come oh, it, three three days was a a, a quick turnaround.
1: Do you um, remember there was places called Pacific? Was it Pacific yeah, over Labs? In Carlton,
0: then, um, yeah, uh, down down there uh, uh, was it Carlton or Alawar.
1: I think it was yeah, Carlton.
0: Yeah, Carlton. Yeah. I, I, I dropped a few films in there to, to, to be done Jeez. on occasions. But I mean, that, wow. that was massive, the, the print lab there. It was a, a, a huge building, you know, probably oh, would have been half a block long. Yeah.
1: It,
0: it was, like,
1: dig, I think digital's good. The only thing that, of course, we've moved away from the, the film. You and I have experienced all that. No one else is going to know about it. You can still buy film, and I've got 35mm oh, yeah, yeah. cameras sitting in there that just collecting dust now. I've got the original EOS 5s. And oh, uh, wow. <laughs> and I think they they brought out one that I've got too, which is a 5 that had eye focusing in it as well, yeah. which I believe is coming in the new R3 that they're bringing out. But okay. What a, if you... If you need your eye to help you focus on it, sorry, or to put your eye on where the object is going to be, yeah. give it away. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. So anyway,
0: so what? what pretty what, cool. What what do you and what don't you like about being a photographer? There's the, I mean, there's some really good bits, obviously, and we talked about some of them. But uh, what what what's the stuff you don't like?
1: I think to be totally honest, the stuff that I don't like is the post-processing and that's more because of the length of time that it takes it's easy to bang off um what 12 13 frames a second and then you've got to come back and you've got to go through and you've got to start picking the ones that you, you don't want and that just takes hours and days and that's the bit that i find a little challenging whereas whilst we do our landscape work we're not doing yeah, you're not doing, frames a second. you're
0: not, not doing 2000 frames a day, you know? <laughs> heaps, heaps
1: better. Yeah. And the, the thing that is just a little bugbear for me is that once I've done my work, I need to push it over to Germany.
0: Yeah, the for to play with. Yeah.
1: It's just a joke. And it just goes, you know, we're, in Australia, it's just embarrassing. So that that's my bugbears. But the other thing is, it does take a lot of time finding the right images to cull yeah finding the right images to to put out there to be what's
0: a keeper and what's not yeah
1: yeah that's that's the bit that i think is the it's a labor of love in there unfortunately love taking the photos not necessarily all the rest of the stuff that goes along with it and making sure you put in place a process that will enable you that in 2 years time when someone comes to you and says hey have you got a shot of this car on this day at this event and then you've got to go and find it yep so it's it's good file management and structure that you need to have in place and whether you store it on your own premises or you throw it up in the cloud that's another little discussion we should have down the track
0: yeah no worries. Yeah. so what what do you what do you like to do when you're not out shooting what's what's your what, what's your downtime from from photography? Which is downtime?
1: <laughs> it's just working around the house. To be totally honest, like right now, I'm painting my office, uh, so okay. taking the opportunity better, to do things like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but look, I have two fabulous grandchildren that have arrived recently, so that takes time with those with the both of the, okay. my grandsons. But you know what? I'm taking photos of them too, so it's a big part of my life and it's a big part of my wife's life as well. And she gets a thrill out of the, the stuff that we do. So I don't know. And when you say my downtime, it's always, it's either gardening, ugh, but I do it. You've got to do it. Or, um, or mucking around with my camera equipment. So yeah, yeah, cleaning it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm always cleaning I'm, my gear. I'm- just one for everyone out there too. I At Christmas time this year, um, I became a little extravagant and bought one of those um, cabinets that um,
0: what, oh, it's the, like a, it a dry cabin cabinet. Uh,
1: yeah. And I keep all my gear in that and it's all locked away. And so far, so good. Yeah. Um, uh, no mould, no nothing, but um, let's see what happens in a year. Does it dry the seals out? Does it dry things? I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah,
0: yeah. It'd be interesting to see how, how they come out yeah. when, when we get out of lockdown. Yeah. Speaking, um, speak, speaking not, of lockdown, how, how are you handling the pa- pandemic? You...
1: Yeah, look, at the moment, it's um, – it's, I miss being able to grab you to go out and take photos. Yeah, I miss being able to see my kids because at the moment we're in a lockdown. That yeah, we the really lo- lockdown has been, been pretty tough, I think. Yeah, yeah, not quite so I, And you know, we've spoken about I'm fully vaccinated. I've got vaccinated. I've got um, AZ, and I'm still alive to talk about it. You know, because that's yeah. such a dangerous thing. <laughs> um, I, yeah, get vaccinated, people.
0: If you're not vaccinated, <laughs> don't get vaccinated. Get it. God, if you don't want
1: to go and get a lottery ticket because you'll probably believe you'll win that rather than anything else. Um, I think it's just going to have to – we've just got to get through it. We've got to get vaccinated. I can't see any other way of getting around it. Um, yeah. But right now, it's quiet. I I can hear all the birds in the, the street, whereas yeah. before you'd hear traffic. Yeah. Um, it, it has some benefits, but I wish it would just be over.
0: Yeah, no, so, same here. Same here. I don't, think, I don't think there's anyone out there who wants it to, uh, to, to keep going.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: No. Well, i I got, I got one last formal question, and uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask if you've got any questions for me in a, in a sec too, but uh, the, I think this is the most important question. Um, do you like pineapple on your pizza?
1: I'm afraid it's got to be a, a yes to that. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely a ham and pineapple person. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so let's leave it like that before we upset anybody. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> <Sounds> good. <laughs> you got any no, questions no. you want to ask me, anything you, you, well, you want to know? On, I reckon I'd like to know if you're going to join me along the um, the path of going for a mirrorless and what you think about that, if you've had a look at I've, it. I've,
0: I've been keeping an eye on it and I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, you know the the economics of changing all the glass eventually i mean, i know you can buy a, an adapter but i can't see how that adapter doesn't change your um, yeah. your focal length somehow even uh, uh, i'm i'm skeptical at the moment but you know uh, but i i guess and that's the thing you uh, know that's one of the reasons why i've kept with Canon bodies is because I've got an investment in Canon glass and yeah, you know, the, it, it does bring about when you go, and, you know, all right, well, I'm going to change formats entirely does bring about the question. Okay. So do I change brands, you know, and yep. you know, I know, I know that there's a lot of competition out there and, you know, Sony makes most of the sensors anyway for, for everyone. Um, <laughs> But you know it's it, it, it is it's an interesting market, and I I think uh, I'm I'm not quite ready to jump because I haven't finished getting value out of the out of the DSLR at the moment. Um, I'm I'm still enjoying using it. Um, uh, you know I I'll, I'll probably do it in the next twelve months. I think, but I'm I'm not yeah I'm not set yet on what direction I'm going to jump, and I, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I know the um, you know, Canon's got quite a quite a good selection there with the R series. Um, but you know, there's Sony, there's Fuge, there's Olympus that aren't too bad. You know, the, 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 there's a lot of good gear out there. I'm, and I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not particularly wedded to a particular brand for any other reason than I've bought some stuff. In, you know yeah, yeah. Pre- previous iterations and therefore i have you know I'm, I'm, I want to stick with that because I don't want to waste the money that I've spent you
1: know <laughs> you know it's just I, I I agree with you there and I'm actually thinking it through it I guess it doesn't matter what brand of camera you've got especially when you put into the the effort that I know you, you do with your post processing and so as long as you've got an image that you can manipulate in Photoshop to the yeah. level that you like to do. Like, it's um it doesn't really matter what you buy. Now, yeah,
0: well, if it? that's the thing. If you're shooting RAW and you you've got it, you got yourself a good composition, and yeah. you've got your light right. You know, uh, you, you're shooting in good light, but also, you know, you've exposed it properly. Um, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I do bracketing, so that. I, I can manage that exposure well. And to be honest, you know, changing brands might make me change the the, the way and the style that I shoot. But That's I, the I, haven't, I haven't thought too much about that that side of it. But, it, yeah, I, I think, you know, brand doesn't matter that much other than, you know, one, the thing is, it, it's like any, any brand that you buy, you know, whether it's Apple, Microsoft, or whether it's, you know... Um, you know canon fuji or or, or sony yeah, you know, yeah. They, they're, they're all going to try and lock you into their ecosystem and that's why oh yeah you know, all yeah. the mounts are different you know i know that there are some uh universal mount things that you can buy that you know, but again then, I, I i just I, I don't trust them so
1: <laughs> no god no yeah. hey look and what I want to clear clear up too is when I just said that you'd like to do a lot of mucking around with your Photoshop, what I was really wanting to mean by that is that you've got the ability to create an image that your eyes see, whereas your camera still can't do that. And what I'm meaning by that is that your level of expertise that you've got now pulls out fine layers of detail that, You see when you're there looking at things. But when you come back in the camera, get your camera back out, you don't get that. And that's what the beauty that I've seen come out of your stuff is that you just look at it and go, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was there.
0: Yeah, part part of that's that's focus stacking um, because one of the things that I do do and, you know, I, I... I I take probably more shots than I need, but one of the reasons why I do that, and certainly more than I ever use, but one of the reasons I do that is so that I can select from um, both the exposures uh, as well as the the focal points and the focal lengths Um, because depending on the lighting conditions, you know, I might be focused on the horizon or I might be focused on the rock two feet in front of the the, the lens you know and so depending depending on what aperture i'm at obviously you can't always get everything in focus you know focus to infinity usually gets you there for in most cases but it's not guaranteed so one of the things that i do do is so i'll i'll take a uh a bracket I, i i shoot brackets of five so i i take um uh you know a dark through to the brightest exposure i normally um and again depends on the light conditions and you know whether or not there's high contrast in what you're seeing you know so when when the sun's almost up and it's getting really bright but you still got dark shadows in the foreground or you know on, on the sides of the image that you want to bring details out you
1: know yep.
0: one of the things that I, I i want to do is make sure that a you know, I've got that detail to play with. I may, I may, you know, vignette it out or darken it anyway, and never, no one will ever know. But what I do know is that there's no noise there because yeah. it's properly yep. exposed. So, you know, I'll expose, you know, from the, the darkest exposure for the, the highlights, and you know, uh, the the brightest exposure for the, the darkest shadows. So that you can then blend those together, but I'll also then take a series at different focal lengths using that same aperture setup and so forth. So, okay, right. <coughs> pardon me. You, you you can you can then select from which bits of which image when you're doing the blend, and sometimes I might do, you know, a, one blend of five. And then blend it again with another blend of five because, yep. you know, it, it has foreground elements or elements that I want to put in focus, you know. But
1: but even while you're doing that, you're not actually changing what we see. No, you're. I'm
0: trying not to.
1: Yeah, and you're, so I didn't want people to think that I'm saying that you're doing this. You know, lots of editing and things like that. You're actually, oh, yeah. just, well,
0: I, I don't, I don't, uh, don't have a bird's brush or anything and add birds in. Uh, yeah. I have I have, I have cut and paste a moon occasionally.
1: <laughs> uh, but, but really, what it is is you're trying to provide an image. That's what we see because yeah. even to this date, your cameras, as good as they are, still don't give you so, what still you can don't see. give you that
0: dynamic range yeah. that your eye. Yeah. Like um, it, yeah. And you know, that's for me, for me, it's to, about trying to give the viewer the experience of me standing yeah. there, whether it, whether it's knee deep in a stream or or, or you know <laughs> on, on a rock shelf with waves, or standing across the harbour looking at you know looking at Barangaroo or whatever you know. Um, and it's it, to to me, it's that experience that I'm trying to convey in the image, so yeah. people are actually saying, "Oh, yeah." I and I, I have luckily I've I've heard that from a few people occasionally you know it, it yeah it feels feels like I'm there it's you know I, I yeah. get that and part part of that you know some of that's um, you know shooting wide shooting panos can do that because you get that wider field of view and people get that feeling oh yeah well that's the yeah. whole view rather than but then yeah there's other shots which are focused right down. You know, and there's there's one that I did which was actually a hundred hundred percent crop of a four hundred mil shot across the harbour uh towards the city that literally just kind of blew the opera house up out of the out of oh, the, wow. yeah. the, the image. You know, and at, with good glass and with good shooting technique and good processing, you know, you can bring that out and it it looks good in that detail yeah, level okay. if you if you've done it right. You know.
1: So I know we, um, we've spoken a lot about it and the next time we go out, I know that you're going to um, guide me on a few tricks to go through on that. But for, for what I've done, because I shoot it in RAW and go to Lightroom, I just basically go back, make sure I've got the color profiles correct so that they rather than using the camera profiles, I use the Adobe profiles to what's there, mainly because yep. the majority of people that will print anything, that's better to have it set up for Adobe than anything, but yeah. and then you can set up the settings to correct for your lens, and then that's about all I do, yeah. and you come out with some pretty good stuff. But
0: um, yeah, I've I I, got a bit of contrast adjustment. So yeah. um, and yeah. when I do that again, it's uh, it's a selective edit. So I I set up masks so that you're looking at um, sort of mid ranges know mid range tones shadow tones and and highlight tones mm-hmm. and you know one of the things i do is for for each of those sets of tones and i kind of do two two mid range two shadow uh you know using curves adjustment layer two highlights um using a curves adjustment layer i then sort of tweak the contrast so that um it doesn't the, the the trick there is not to distort the color. You can you, you can get color distortion when you're doing that, but right. if you if, if you settle with those curves rather than you know being um, and there's also techniques that you can use like blend if where you can actually protect. Um, the darker, let, let's say, you know, you protect the darker shadows or the brightest highlights from being affected by by that curves adjustment layer as well. So there's there's just little tricks and techniques that I use to sort of, you know, get the contrast that I want because I usually usually do. I mean, it's not necessarily massive contrast, but I like a a, a bit of um, contrast, particularly on the edges and you know. To, to, to give you that detailed view. Make it jump. Um, yeah. yeah, just to make it pop out a little bit, you know, because to me, otherwise, it's it, it's just a little bit flat, you know. I I, I like there to be depth, you know, and yeah. I'll also use a bit of dodge and burn there as well to sort of bring certain highlights or certain, uh, you know, certain shadows down so that it's, uh, you know, try, trying to give no, you that cool. depth in the image.
1: I know you go to a great length to make sure it, whilst you do do a bit of Photoshop work in there, it's not – you make sure it doesn't look like you've done any Photoshop
0: work. Yeah. And I think um, that's that's
1: a real skill.
0: I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, just, I, I just try to make something that looks like it, it – it looked on the day, you know, the, the closer I can that, get it. To, yeah. You know, yep. I mean, I, I, I like some, you know, vivid colours and, and so forth, but, you know, sometimes sometimes they're there in nature, sometimes you can tweak a little bit to get a little bit more pink out of the sky or something like that. But, you know, to be honest, you know, for, for me it's about making it look the way that i experienced it and the way that I saw yep. it, you know, and that, that, that's really all I'm trying to do.
1: I I have certainly picked that up from you in going through there, and the other thing that you've um, guided me on to is getting a good tripod. So yeah, you've got to have um, got, to,
0: got to have good legs, otherwise, uh, yeah. You know, if you, if you yep. want to go long exposure, you're uh, you're going to struggle without uh, a good set of legs. Yeah, ones ones that are salt waterproof as well would go a long way. Yeah, they they um, help <laughs> particularly with what <laughs> I do.
1: <laughs> oh no. Look, it's it's um it's certainly worth considering is getting out the camera and a tripod and get up and early in the morning and have a crack at it and
0: yeah, try
1: to under underexpose what you think your camera's saying and you'll be amazed at some of the results you get. Yeah, well, I, I
0: normally I normally stop two stops down uh, with with my bracket, so the the center exposure value is two stops uh, sorry two thirds of a stop down. Uh, from center. So the middle the, the middle exposure is actually underexposed by two thirds of a stop. I, I don't always do it depends on the, the depends on the lighting conditions and the, the, the contrast that I'm seeing but um, yep. you know to to me I've I've kind of worked away with the 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 filters I'm usually using either a a 3 stop you know the ND8 or the what's it, ND3200 or whatever the 10 stop is um it's sorry 32000 i should say <laughs> that's it yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever the the a 10 stop the, the black one <laughs> it, so it's it's usually one of those two that i'm uh, i'm using um occasionally no filter if it's you know still quite dark and i can get a you know if, it, if i can get it upwards of you know uh you know twenty or thirty seconds um you know without a without a filter and then you know that's that's not a bad thing either, you know, because then you definitely get definitely tripod nice material. Creamy oh, water, yeah. yeah, but you gotta have a tripod to do it, you know, unless, yeah. uh, unless unless you're able to um you know really hold it still. No, but, no. I mean no. even, even if you don't have a tripod, I know um I know some uh, people take like a um, a little bean bag sort of thing, you know those all those wheat oh, bags. I've seen those. Yes. Yeah. So what what you can do is you can actually rest you rest your camera on that. You know, if you want to get down low or you you know you, you, you want to set it up, and it, it just sort of nestles in there, and you can set set yourself up, and as long as you've got a, a either a remote release or a wireless release or whatever, then you can uh, you know you can shoot those long exposures without a tripod. Yeah. I I don't want to carry that kind of weight around. I've I've trimmed it down. Which which uh, one do you prefer? Which? Are you wireless or remote or a wired remote? I I, I use my phone, so I I prefer the wireless one because um, it it lets the the nice thing about the app that I've got, I can set the f stop and change it without touching the camera. The only thing I don't think I, I. I can change the I, I can change the bracketing, uh, so I can change the the, the centre EV to um, a, a different one. I can't change the width though. So I normally spread them out two thirds of a stop. So um, they each exposure is two thirds of a stop apart. And right. Then- um I normally step that down two-thirds of a stop. And okay, that sounds, and that gives you your five. Bit, but, and that, that, that five gives me the, the right dynamic range for most conditions. There are some conditions yeah. where I throw that out the window and a centre EV, or sometimes I'll go even darker, I'll go a full full stop down. Uh, or or sometimes even further if if you know the, the lighting conditions you know, sort of yeah. demand it on the highlights that, you know, you, or, or the shadows, you know. It, so depending on, it's, it, it's a thing that I've kind of learnt to do with shooting the way that I do is you kind of read the conditions and, yeah. you know, and that, that's just come from a, a few years of, you know, taking lots of shots, bringing them back, seeing what the result looks like. And then working out. Okay, well, next time I'll go and do something slightly different, and I'll try yeah, you know, yeah. a bit of experimentation. So, it's the only way to only way to learn, as far as I'm concerned.
1: No, I agree with you completely. And um, I do have a challenge for you. Yeah, I need need both of us to um, find as the summer conditions arrive. We, I need to get some lightning photos.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't had much luck with those. Um, I haven't. No, me done. either haven't been out in the storm i'm, I'm usually uh, staying dry <laughs> <A> bit, <laughs> you know, it, it's something you. that i want to do um, I mem- remember uh, actually the, the last time I, I shot lightning was down uh, on the near the mouth of the Bega river down um, down down the south coast yeah. and uh, I, I was there shooting this log uh, that was sort of you know, in, in the, the the water, nice, still, calm water and everything, you know, getting a few reflection shots and that. And, you know, just, just coming on sunset. Sunset was a bit of a bust, so there wasn't much there. But then this um, storm started coming up from the south. And... Wow. Um, Saw that there was a couple of flashes of lightning, so I sort of turned the camera around to fit them in, get the log, build a composition out of that, and I got a got a couple of nice strikes. And then the storm kind of stopped, and that was it. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, uh, so I went well, home and, uh, and sat and watched the telly at the end of the yeah, end of the night. Uh,
1: let's see what we can do this year. I'm yeah, sure we'll no, be no, out of
0: definitely out of lockdown right, no, and see well, what we can see. do. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to yeah. you. Thanks very much for doing this. And, uh, My pleasure, mate. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get out there and uh, shoot shoot again soon. And um, Oh, yeah. You know, look, looking forward to actually seeing you again in the flesh.
1: Yeah, same, mate. And breakfast can't wait. So, so thanks for having me on board with you this evening. It's been a bit of fun. So thank you very much. And um, hope that everyone enjoyed this that are listening in.
0: Yeah, thanks, thanks, Matt. We'll uh talk okay. later. And thanks Take everyone care. for listening. We'll uh we'll we'll see you next time on uh landscape photography world. Bye for now. Stay safe.